Well, let me tell you this morning about some shepherds. Let me read a little bit about background of shepherds. They were the last people that you would expect God to take notice of. First of all, they were religious outcasts. According to Jewish religious law, these men were unclean. Their line of work prevented them from participating in the feasts and holy days that made up the Jewish religious calendar. And we might ask, well, why is that? Well, somebody had to watch the sheep. When everyone was making the trip to Jerusalem to make sacrifices at the temple or to participate in one of the annual feasts, they were out in the fields watching over the sheep. And shepherding or sheep herding was a relatively nasty job. And because of that, they were continually ceremonially unclean. And in order to go through the process of becoming ceremonially clean, it took a period of time. And they were typically not in from the field for that long. And they were out back in the fields with their sheep. Uh, As far as not being there available for worship and being always out on the job, a modern day example might be a trucker or a shift worker whose job keeps them from regularly attending worship. It wasn't really their fault, but they were looked down on from a religious point of view. Whatever might have been in their hearts, they weren't able to participate fully in the religious life of the community. And not only that, but they were also borderline social outcasts. They were looked on with suspicion, uh, kind of the way that people look at gypsies or carnival workers. If something came up missing, uh, the the typical line would be, well, must be one of those shepherds, uh, because they were not always necessarily that reputable. Uh, So they were often accused of being thieves, maybe because they just weren't understood uh, they didn't spend much time in town, and uh, they probably uh, they had spent so much time with their sheep, they didn't spend much time socializing with other people, and so they probably were looked upon uh, a little bit curiously. Uh, and as a matter of fact, according to Jewish law, they were not, shepherds were not even allowed to give legal testimony because they were looked upon as being dubious. Uh, Whatever they had to say, people figured they couldn't be trusted. So they were not allowed to give legal testimony in court because they weren't considered trustworthy. Kind of interesting, isn't it? That it was to these religious and to these social outcasts that an angel appeared proclaiming the birth of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ with such an awesome Message. Now let's take a look at this cool story. We look in Luke chapter 2, where we're going to be primarily this morning. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, but we're going to begin back in verse number 8 to get a little bit of the, the, the feel and where this story started. In verse number 8, we read, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you 
good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David who a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So what do we do with these verses, or what do we have in these verses beside a bunch of awesome angels and a group of smelly shepherds? Well, I think we see some awesome news not only for these shepherds, but also for the rest of mankind and the rest of us today. Here are some practical and encouraging news. And before we get started into, I believe, the three main things that, uh, that are encouraging to us today, let's go to our Lord in prayer. Father, this morning we thank you for this opportunity to be gathered together on this Sunday morning before the, the day that uh, has been uh, chosen to celebrate the birth of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we know that this was the dawning of a new day, a day when hope came to earth. And one day, this hope would be laid on a wooden cross and would be raised and who would take our sin upon him and who would die and would later rise again alive and proving that God was satisfied with the payment or the penalty of our sin. We pray this morning that you would help us to see the, the practical and encouraging news that this angel had for these shepherds out in the field. We thank you, we praise you this morning, for it's in Jesus' precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. So the first thing that we see is in verse number 10, and we see that this angel said they were bringing tidings of great joy. So the first thing uh, we see uh, is that in verse number 10, the reaction and the response of the shepherds. How did they respond? They were greatly afraid. And what we see in, so the angel announced the end of fear. Then the angel said to them, verse number 10, do not be afraid. That was the angel's first words out of his mouth. That was how the conversation started. That was what, uh, what came right after the appearance of this, I am sure, glorious angel. Don't be afraid. Don't fear, because I've got some great news for you. Now, to be contextually correct, this pronouncement was given as a direct result of the angel's awesome and frightening appearance. Now, fear not were two words that we hear at almost every angelic appearance. The reason for that is I am sure that this was a frightening experience. Now, before you say, that was no big deal, it was just an angel. Or like I heard someone say this past week, pshaw, that's an interesting word. You to try and say it sometime. It's really cool to say. Uh, but... Uh, the next time you feel uh, incredulous towards something, just pshaw. 
But before you stop and, and before you think, oh, well, that wasn't a big deal. Well, imagine this. You're out with your sheep. It's in the middle of the night. And you don't expect anybody else to tap you on the shoulder and say, hey. Or, most likely, the way it happened was this heavenly being appears to you and in a bright light that shines all around you, lighting everything around you like you'd see in a scene from a sci-fi movie, you would probably be afraid as well. And so the angel starts out by saying, fear not. Okay, so in the context, that's why the angel said, don't be afraid. But I think we can take it even beyond that and I think it runs even deeper. Uh, the, the term that we see in verse number 10, uh, that they were, uh, verse number uh, 9, that they were greatly afraid, uh, it literally means they feared a great fear. It emphasized the terror that they experienced. It, it spoke of them trembling and being afraid and not knowing what to do, not knowing what would come next. Would their lives even be in danger? And so so the, the angel says, do not be afraid. But I think that the issue of fear runs even deeper. The first evidence of the fall was fear. We see in Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. And Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was what? I was afraid. They were afraid of how God would deal with them, because they all of a sudden realized for the first time in their existence what sin and disobedience felt like. And so they had the guilt that they were feeling, and now God, who was perfect in essence and in presence, appears to them and is calling for them, and they hid themselves because they were afraid. Fear has been stalking mankind down through the ages, down through the centuries. Abraham feared, and so Abraham lied about Sarah, his wife, because of fear. We see that in Genesis chapter number 12. Jacob was afraid of Esau, Genesis chapter 32. Moses was afraid of Pharaoh and afraid of rejection, Exodus chapter 4, verse number 1. Israel was afraid to enter the promised land, Numbers chapter 14. So Jesus, when he appears on earth, would move through the countryside, traveling and dispelling fear. Do you remember the disciples and the storm? What did Jesus say? Come on, guys. It's me. <laughs> Why are you so afraid? What's wrong with you? And then he stills the storm. Uh, blind Bartimaeus feared he would never see again. Jesus comes in and he dispels that fear and grants him sight. The ten lepers feared they would never be able to spend time with their families again. Jesus comes in 
and he provides healing to them so they are able to be clean physically and be able and not no longer contagious and they would be able to go back to their families and experience a hug again from their family. Can you imagine that? Mary and Martha feared that they would never see their brother alive again. Jesus took care of that. Now we all have many fears around Christmas time uh, that, that people may be afraid of. Fears over health, family, world conditions, finances, life. All of these things are issues that, uh, that, that might uh, present fear in our lives. But faith is the opposite of fear. Have faith. Don't be afraid. Uh, Jesus would tell his disciples, O ye of little faith, what is your issue? If you had faith, you wouldn't be afraid because you know that I have all things taken care of. And they're all in hand. So we're saved by faith. We also live by faith. So the angel starts out by saying, don't worry. Don't be afraid. I've got good news for you. And that brings us to the second thing that we see in verse number 10. The angel announced the birth of joy. He says in verse number 10, don't be afraid. And after that, he says, behold, I bring you good tidings. I bring you good news of what? Great, great joy. And it was because of for whom the announcement was about. And he says, I bring you good news of great joy. We sing songs of joy at Christmas. Most all the Christmas songs are songs about joy. Songs about this is a time when we can rejoice and we can be excited and we, we can because of the birth of a Savior. Now there's hope for mankind. So during this time, we sing songs of joy. Now, why? Why this joy? Why sing songs of joy? Because a Savior has been born. Because if we look back at the time period when this angel appeared, the Jewish people were caught up in the in the strictness and in the difficulty of trying to be good and in trying to be good to please God. And that's what they were hearing from the religious leaders of the time. We have to abide by all these many laws. And so they were living in a period of time where there was a great burden that had been placed upon them and they were wondering, how can we do this? How can we be right with God? And they also saw uh, the way uh, the religious leaders lived. They uh, always enjoyed uh, having the best seats uh, at the theater. They always enjoyed uh, people uh, bowing to them or honoring them. And they saw that, that you know, they were able to get by with some things that others couldn't. And so when the Savior came, but also they were under the, uh, the thumb of Rome. So not only were they having some religious issues, they were also having some political problems. They 
were chafing under the leadership of Rome. And they were looking forward to a time where their Savior would come, their Messiah would come, and in their minds, they were looking for someone who would take them out from uh, the, uh, the reign of the emperor, and the Jewish people could, be, uh, could have a, a place in society again. And so in their minds, this was a great, joyous time because the Messiah that had been promised from the Old Testament had been born. And there would be great joy. And this term joy that we see here, uh, the Greek word kara, is when we see it in the Gospel of Luke, uh, most often this term kara, joy, is associated with salvation, associated with the salvation that the Messiah would bring to us. So I, I think it's not too much of a leap for us to understand that this birth of a Savior that it had its meaning in that He was our salvation. He would be our Savior. He would be the Savior of mankind. So why did these angels, that, that begs the question, why did these angels appear to these anonymous shepherds? Why did not the angels appear first to priests or to scribes? Why didn't the angels go and appear to influential people who would have been able to take this good news and would have had the resources and would have been looked upon by society when they told them there would have been a little bit more credibility. So why would the angel, why would God in his infinite wisdom choose to send this awesome angel to a group of smelly shepherds out in the field? Well, think about it this way. By visiting the outcast by visiting the religious unclean, I believe this angel was showing grace, the grace of God toward mankind. That it wasn't to the wealthy, it wasn't to the wise, it wasn't to the well-connected, it wasn't to the, those who were seen as holy, necessarily, that these angels appear. They, ate, they appear to a common worker out in the field showing that God's grace is available to all of mankind. So it was good news for the shepherds, but it was also good news to the rest of us sinners that God's grace was available to everyone. It was within our reach. We see verse 10, When they saw the star, they rejoiced, with exceeding and great joy, we see in Matthew chapter, chapter number 2. So they saw the star and they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. They were excited. They were happy. It was not a yay moment. It was jump up and down and be excited because they rejoiced with what kind of joy? Not just great. Exceedingly great. It was like super great joy. They were excited because this was a momentous occasion for mankind. They were excited because the scripture had been fulfilled. We see in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, the prophecy was, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. 
So this has been prophesied that a, a virgin would bear a child and this child would be, called, would be called Emmanuel, God with us, God in our midst, and he would be our Savior. There was great joy because Christ is the Lord and we can come to him and have joy. That's why we can rejoice. Verse number 11 of John chapter 15. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. So Jesus is saying, I've, I've, I've spoken these things John, uh, to John, saying that you may have joy, my, my joy in you, and that your joy may be full. We can trust this Savior today. We can trust Jesus Christ that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The greatest gift that you could receive this Christmas season is the gift that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has already paid, bought with a price for you, and is already wrapped and is waiting for you to simply receive it. And that is the gift of salvation that comes when we realize that we need it, that we are needy. You know, there's all we always talk about the person who has everything. And how, what do you buy for the person that has everything or seemingly has everything? They don't really need, you know, anything necessarily. And, and whatever we give them just would be a token of our love for them. So what do you buy the person who, who has everything? Well, when we think about the gospel, Jesus Christ is providing the greatest gift of all to those who, eternally speaking, have nothing. And so we have available to us the gift of life. You know, we talk about eternal life, and, you know, when we are uh, sharing, maybe sharing the gospel with someone, we, we have a tendency sometimes to, and, and times do change, and when we are sharing the gospel with the average person today, do you realize the average person today doesn't care about tomorrow? Because we're going to live forever. You know, modern medicine, you know, we have, we have us living in our 80s, 90s, late 90s, possibly. And you know what? I don't have to worry about tomorrow. And especially uh, the, the, the millennials, gen, Generation Xers, you know, they're not... Back 50 years ago, people were concerned about eternity. Today, people aren't that, that concerned about eternity. So when you say, you know what, Jesus can give you everlasting life, and, and people, and I've even heard people say this, big deal. But not only that, Jesus can give us life today. Think about it. We don't have to wait Till we die to experience the benefits of salvation. Because the Bible says that, that, when, that they, those who are in Christ are a brand new creation today, the moment you trust Christ as your Savior. We don't have to wait for the benefits of salvation someday. That might be, for some, might be 50, 60 years off. 
we can experience the benefit of new life today. Sins forgiven, slate wiped clean, and being right with God, being having a brand new, it's, it's, it would be like having everything, all of your goofs, all of your sins, all of all everything just gone. It's like, it's like, it's like losing a hard drive on your computer. It's like, pfft, it's just gone. Just never, never, can't find it ever again. It's that way when Jesus Christ comes into our life. God doesn't even remember it. He remembers our past, our sin, no more. As far as the east is from the west, God separates us from our sin. And so we can trust him today. The birth of joy. But not only that, we also see in verse number 10 and following, we also see the beginning of evangelism. The beginning of evangelism. We see the, uh, the end of fear. We see the birth of joy, but we also see the beginning of evangelism. Let's look together in verse number 10, and I'll show you. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And then what we also see is after verse 15, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which the Lord has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they go and they also go around and they're telling others as they go. So all need the Savior, every single one of us. Why? Because all are sinners. Every one of us need a Savior. Let's look at Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short of God's standard of perfection. Some say, well, maybe I can live a good enough life. Follow the Ten Commandments. Give to the poor. Uh, help a little old lady cross the street. You know, whatever it is that we, we think is a good work or a good deed. And some people say, well, you know what? I've, I, I think I have more good deeds than, than, than bad deeds. I've done more good than bad in my life. Well, the issue is none of us make it. None of us, we all miss the mark. None of us are perfect. And because of that, because of our great need, God so loved the world that he gave his only, he gave his unique son, Scripture says. Romans chapter 5, verse number 8. But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he's available to all people. So how did the shepherds respond? So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they did what? They made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. What did they do? They went all over the place, and they were telling everybody about this great news that they had heard. 
And all who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Wait a minute. Aren't those shepherds? How, how, how did they get the news before we did? And so people marveled at, what, at the appearance of an angel and what had happened. Now, so many of them said, well, this can't be true. I mean, this is a bunch of shepherds. How can we trust what they had to say? But then over time, people were beginning to realize that, yes, a Savior had been born. We are also to be going out with the good news. We're not to sit back. We're not to sit and soak on our way to heaven. We're to go out and share the good news of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So in conclusion, the first thing that we see here is our one, the first big takeaway is God meets us where we are. He met a group of shepherds out in a field. Hadn't been to temple in who knows how long. Knew they probably were never going to get back to the temple if they, kept, if they stayed in that line of work. The angel appeared to a bunch of social and religious outcasts. God meets us where we are. Secondly, we can come to Jesus with our sins and our fears and receive the free gift of life, a life, new life now and a place with God in eternity in heaven. And then thirdly, we see that we have the good news that we can share with everyone. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. We have a, an exciting story to tell. The world needs what we have to offer. It's Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, this morning we've come together in your name, and we pray that we would be able to honor you, glorify you, in all that we do, for anyone, Lord, that may be listening to this message and is not sure of their relationship with you, where they stand with you. I pray, Heavenly Father, that this morning they would realize that your word says, the Bible says, we're all sinners. We've all missed the mark. We're not perfect, and neither can we be. You sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross in our place, pay the penalty for our sin, and it's by grace through faith that we're saved. And you've given us the promise that all who call upon your name will be saved. So, Father, I pray this morning that you would be drawing others to you today they would come to know Jesus as their Savior. We thank you, Lord God, for this great news that was brought to the shepherds by, these, by this angel. And then together, the, the angelic host appeared, praising you and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.